Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. This is Florence Bremer. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall lover of popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I do not have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living your best life and enjoying your work and enjoying your time off. This podcast, I'm going to talk about burnout, and I'm also going to do some streaming ideas for you on a couple documentaries I watched this week, and I have a movie review for you as well on the new movie called What Men Want. I wanted to talk about burnout today because I experienced it um, quite a bit this week. If you listened to last week's podcast, you know that I was getting ready for a trial and um, I spent the entire weekend working. The trial went all day Monday and ended in a mistrial on Tuesday and will be rescheduled for the month of August. So it was all this buildup getting ready for the trial. It was all this adrenaline flowing while I'm doing the trial and then it was like a line in the sand of stop, stop thinking about it, stop doing anything on it. It's over. Of course, you can't stop thinking about it. I've continued to think about it all week. And that's led me to start thinking about just burnout in general. Attorney burnout is um, written about quite a bit because of the type of work that attorneys do and, and and how our schedules work. But I do know a lot of small business owners, and I do know a lot of executives, and I think this, this applies to everybody. It applies to parents who stay home with their kids, just the overall burnout. I'm, of course, coming from the perspective of being an attorney, um, so that's my mindset of, of how I've experienced it. But I think we can talk about this in terms of anyone. And there's some movies that I was thinking of, which don't show attorney burnout, but they show what, how an attorney works and what they do that can lead up to burnout. You see a lot of movies where it's given a romantic idea of attorneys working all night with books all over their table or desk um, or on the laptop all night and then getting up and putting on their suit and going to court. A couple of movies that I thought about that portray this was A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise. If you remember his legal team, they would be pulling all-nighters, talking about and planning for the case. Denzel Washington in Philadelphia was another one. A very romantic idea of staying up all night and getting that brief written and preparing for trial. Um, Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey was a really um, good one as well as portraying that romantic idea of a lawyer always working. And one of my favorite and probably 
the lawyer that I de- identify with the most was legally blonde with Reese Witherspoon. A lot of that movie is her actually in school. So you see the romantic idea of law school, which is the studying all night, being in class all day, that sort of um, picture. Um, but when you take the flip side of the romantic staying up all night, running to court in heels, all of that, you end up with um, lawyer burnout. Litigators especially have a high burnout rate because of that confrontational nature of litigation. And also, litigators have little to no control over their schedules. I have found that my vacations and my weekends are at the mercy of my court schedule. And when I have a court schedule that I can't control, it makes me feel very burned out. For the month of January, now going into February, then going into March, it's been back-to-back-to-back hearings. And when a court Like if you're in front of a judge and the judge is saying, hey, I want to schedule this trial. And as I've talked about in prior podcasts, a lot of my trials are in the two to three hour range, maybe a day. Um, And then you vary, you know, rarely over the year, you'll you'll have like a week trial. Um, I think my longest has been a week, but you're going to have litigators who will tell stories of they've been in trial for a month or they've been in trial for six months. And they have no control over that. And you can't say to the judge, uh, how it comes up very often in my schedule, is the judge will be looking at hearing dates. And I'll have um, a Monday through Friday schedule, and I'll be looking at my schedule, and I have court all day Monday. A hearing in the morning, a hearing in the afternoon. Same with Tuesday. Wednesday, there's no court. Thursday, there's hearings, and then Friday, there's hearings. And a judge is looking at your schedule, and they want to know if that Wednesday is open, and it's open, and now you've filled up your whole week. So you just have very little control of that. So that combination of the confrontation and litigation and the no control over schedules can lead to um, attorney burnout. Some of the the symptoms is... um, just being tired. And I have felt that bone, to the bone exhaustion. And I felt it this week. So when the court canceled the trial, said come back in August, loaded up all my files, drove home, I didn't go back to the office right away. I couldn't even begin to focus on phone calls or anything like that. I went home and I took off my suit and I just laid down, laid down with my bedroom door closed and just had to clear my head. I had been thinking incessantly about that trial for, you know, for, for a week, like nonstop, a month before and two months before doing all the preparation and then the two years before all the work that you do on the case. So a lot of thought and work has gone into this case. And like I said, line in the sand, you're done, come back in August. So you do have this just exhaustion. 
Another um, symptom can be where you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. Um, This is something that I'll feel when the whole day feels like all it is is phone calls and emails. And then I get to the end of the day and I'm thinking, that's all I did was phone calls and emails. And not that it's not important because I'm communicating with clients, I'm communicating with opposing counsel, I'm communicating with the court, like I'm moving forward. But I start to feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, where I'm just waking up and the first sound that I hear is the phone ringing and I go to sleep. And then the next morning, the first sound I hear is the phone ringing. Another another symptom of burnout is just feeling unorganized. And I like to think that I'm very organized. Um, I keep my calendar on the computer. I am constantly updating it and reviewing it to make sure that nothing is missed. I'm reviewing my calendar with my staff. Um, But I can just feel scattered and unorganized. Another symptom, which is kind of along with the unorganized, is just that scattered feeling, just the feeling like you can't give attention to something. And all of this can just be very, very hard to be efficient. Another thing that I have heard, um, I, I thought this was only me, and then I read about it in, in a couple of articles, is that a sign of attorney burnout is when attorneys think, if I could only get sick, if I could be in the hospital for a week, then I would um, not have to deal with any of this. I wouldn't have to go into court. I could just rest. I could sleep. Someone would bring me a tray of food. Um, I can. I always picture myself with an IV getting uh, fluids because I always feel mildly dehydrated. Um, so it's a typical fantasy of people who have burnouts is I, if I got hit by a bus and broke my leg, I could, you know, be laid up for a bit. And that's not, that's not good. That is not a good feeling of thinking my only way out of this is to, to get into the, uh, to get into the hospital. For some physical clues that you could have, so I talked about kind of the mental, like, fatigue and the scattered and feeling unorganized, you can start to have physical symptoms of the burnout, which is headaches, your stomach hurts, you can't get to sleep, or you wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep. You have chest pain. I experienced all of that this week. Just the stress of this trial made me have literally all of those symptoms. And um, it's Friday night as I record this, and I'm just starting to feel like myself again. It took me three days to come down from all of this adrenaline and stress. Um, I was thinking of what can you do to combat this burnout? And again, there's no, there's no one size fits all for this. You are never going to be able to say, hey, do this and and you'll cure it. Everyone's going to find their own thing. And it may include, um, it may just include a variety of things, maybe one thing that that gets you um, on the right schedule. But I have a couple 
that have that I try to keep as a pretty um, consistent lifestyle choices to try to combat the burnout. One is don't drink alcohol. And I don't mean it like don't ever have a drink, but don't turn it into nightly glasses of wine. First of all, that will just disrupt your sleep. Any um, medical article that will say that a nightly glass of wine makes you not fall asleep as deep and you wake up. I've found that to be the case. And, um, but I will have drinks, you know, but it's going to be an occasion. It's not going to be because I'm trying to come down at the end of the night. It's going to be because I'm out for dinner with a friend on the weekend. Um, also sleep, 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 sleep. There were many years where I had my office in my house and I would wake up at two in the morning and I would be, and I would think, well, I'm up. So why don't I just go to work? Because I can just walk into the next room and there's my desk and there's my computer and there's my files. To a certain extent, I could, I could probably still physically do this because you have things like laptops and often um, I'm bringing files home with me because I need to do some work at home. But I have to make sure that I'm not doing this at two in the morning or I'm going to continue with that burnout. Also exercise and find what exercise works for you. Mine has been two day, two weeks, two days a week of weight training with a trainer. Having the trainer keeps me accountable. I use it as an appointment. It also keeps me on a schedule because it has to be at a certain time. That's the time she's training me. And I treat it like an appointment. I treat it like a court date. I treat it like meetings. And I can't always control it. You know, I miss it occasionally. Um, but I try to work my schedule the best I can around it. Another thing is make sure you have relationships. Your friends and your family are going to be lifesavers. First of all, you can just tell them that you're tired and you're burned out. And most of the time, they are going to be very sympathetic. So many times I just come home and kind of tell my husband in a nutshell what my day was like. And I think he feels bad for me. <laughs> He's probably tired of hearing it a little bit. But I get it off my chest. This is what happened. And then I can go to fixing dinner and, and relaxing and getting together with my friends. I try to have a mental list of people that I haven't seen in a while and get together with them like every three or four months, whether it's dinner, a drink, a coffee, going to a sporting event, um, taking a walk, going to a museum, going to a garden. There's a million things you can do with your friends. And, um, and again, you can commiserate with your friends and tell them what you have going on. Take a day off and try to take off a day off one day at one day every week. This has been almost impossible for me in the last four weeks. And I'm feeling it. So I need to listen to my own advice. Um, plan a trip. This is something that always works for me. Just even the act of planning the trip and the anticipation of the trip 
is probably my favorite part, is probably the part that helps me avoid burnout the most. The actual trip, um, I think sometimes doesn't help me avoid burnout because I always think that I want to do everything that I can. So if I'm doing something like going to Disneyland or, um, you know, going to New Orleans or something like that, um, going to New York, I want to see everything. I'm not just going to, you know, lay on my, um, lay on my hotel bed and just chill for a week. I need to do something like that, but I usually don't. But the planning of the trip makes you feel so much better. Laugh, laugh a lot. That really helps me with the burnout. When you just feel that tightening in your chest of the stress and you can just laugh about anything. Um, I was laughing about a TV show the other day and I started laughing and I couldn't stop and I couldn't breathe. And my daughter took a Snapchat of me because I just um, couldn't stop laughing. And that made them laugh harder because I couldn't stop laughing. And it felt good. It felt good to smile and laugh. My new thing, too, is to really, um, I don't know if this really is something to cope with burnout, but just having some mindfulness in certain activities and the one that has been really up close and personal to, to me lately has just been enjoying coffee in the morning and then usually another cup in the afternoon. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. So in the past, I would have a cup of coffee at home and usually while I was getting ready. So that means it was in my hands and I'm running through the house with this coffee and um, and I'm not enjoying it. It's getting cold. I'm like trying to drink coffee while I'm putting my makeup on. So instead I started doing something a little bit different. I have either tea or water as I'm getting ready just to get like a little liquid in me or to if I if I want a warm drink I'll have tea. Um, or if I just want some hydration, I'll have some water. So that's what I do until I get out of the house. And then when I get to the office is when I'll have my cup of coffee. If I have court in the morning, I'll have coffee in the car. I'll tell you why this has made a difference for me. It has become more like a treat rather than the thing that gets me going. So if I have a morning in the office... I have coffee while I'm just reading my emails. So I'm actually able to drink my coffee, which is something that sometimes if I'm trying to be on the phone or work on a brief, I'm actually not drinking it. I'm just sitting there with a full cold cup of coffee. But if I get there in the morning and have it, well, I'm kind of just reading my emails and getting organized. I can actually enjoy it. Or I have it in the car on the way to court and it feels like a treat. Because if I'm traveling in the morning, I'm stuck in traffic. So I can actually kind of sit and relax and drink it. So these are just some tips I was thinking about for um, avoiding burnout. Other tips I've given in the past, obviously, for just dealing with a hectic life and for living your best life. But I wanted to talk about those specifically in terms of 
burnout. Okay, before I get to my reviews, I have a couple of endorsements. We have a friend of the show, Mackie Insurance Group, and who I want to talk about for a minute. Mackie Insurance Group is an independent insurance agency located in Anthem, Arizona. Tim Mackie and his staff represent over 30 of the top insurance carriers in the industry, whether it be auto, home, commercial, Medicare or life insurance, Mackey Insurance will find you the right coverage at a highly competitive price. Mackey Insurance is, the, is a proud member of the Business Network of Anthem since 2005. The Business Network of Anthem is local names that you can trust. Mackey Insurance can be reached at 623-551-3585. So give them a call for any of your insurance needs. Okay, um, if you're looking for something to stream, I have um, two recommendations that are on the same topic. I became very fascinated with the Fire Festival, and Fire being spelled F Y R E. If you haven't heard of it, just Google it. Google Fire Festival or Google um, Billy McFarland. And the Fire Festival was a brainchild of this young kid, Billy McFarland, in his 20s. And he and gathered all this money from investors. He gathered all this money from people who bought tickets. And it was supposed to be an incredible music festival in the Bahamas on a private island. And to get the word out on the festival... The, they filmed a commercial on a private beach in the Bahamas with very, um, very, very uh, famous current supermodels who are also all over Instagram mostly. So like Haley Baldwin and Bella Hadid um, were two of the big ones. Uh, Chanel Iman was another one. And they filmed this commercial. It's like, running on the beach um, in bikinis with the, you know, the supermodels and then um, showing a yacht and showing everybody on the yacht and diving into the water and the sand's all pristine and it's beautifully filmed. And then this gets shared on Instagram and people start buying these tickets and people start buying these tickets from about a thousand dollars a ticket to 250,000 a ticket. And, um, if you've ever heard of the rapper Ja Rule, he was part of it too, um, working with this guy to promote this um, festival. And it had a website and they, you know, were selling people wristbands to put money on for the festival, like all this stuff. It's a fraud. It was a fraud. <laughs> when people got there, none of this was ready. All the music acts backed out because they weren't paid. Um, instead of these luxurious accommodations, there were FEMA tents with mattresses just in them, or in there, there was mattresses outside the tents because nothing was all put together. There was a ton of booze, like $2 million in booze. And the private beach wasn't even a private beach. It was a uh, sort of a, a park like in a way a big parking lot an area where I think they were going to develop houses so it wasn't sand um, it wasn't as portrayed in this commercial so it was a different area um, and there was no you know they, they said it would be 
your food would be included and it was gourmet food and sushi and going to be amazing. And it wasn't. And people got there and there wasn't enough bathrooms and they just basically had to turn around and try to get out of there. Um, And there's two documentaries on it. So this guy, Billy McFarland, is now in prison for six years for this fraud. And there's two, um, two different documentaries out there. One's called Fire Fraud. It's on Hulu. And the other one is called Fire, the Greatest Party That Never Happened. And that's on Netflix. They're very comparable. Um, the one on Hulu, they paid that Billy McFarland guy for an interview. So you actually get to hear from him. It's not a flattering interview. I don't know what he thought he was going to look like when he was interviewed, but he didn't look great. And then the one on Netflix, um, it, it was more about the promotion of it. A lot of the same footage, but I found them to be very different and I learned different things from both. And both were about two hours and I was fascinated. I love anything and I don't know why, but I love anything that has to do with financial fraud or um, white collar crime. So I always loved reading about Bernie Madoff um, and, um, you know, the housing market crash. Like I love any of that. I don't know why it's not anything that's positive, but I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by people who can commit these crimes, which are really just crimes out of, of out of greed and nothing else. So I highly recommend those. All right. I have another promotion. Um, another friend of the show. It's my daughter's business. It's called Calligraphy by Florency. So my daughter's name is Florence, but she goes by Florence E. So it's Florence with a Y at the end. And she, you can find her on Facebook under Calligraphy by Florence e, And she will do any kind of calligraphy that you want. So what she has done is um, she's done seating cards for parties. She has done um, one that is portrayed on, on her Facebook page is she did signs for an omelet bar where it had, you know, like the sign for that was in front of the cheddar cheese and in front of the onions and all of that. And she's done um, invitations. She's done menus. She in it's all done by hand and it's very beautiful. So if you have a chance to check out her Facebook page, that would be great. And if you do need something custom like that, she can create it for you. She's created signs, all sorts of stuff. Okay, one more review, and then I'm going to wrap up for today. I know in the last couple of weeks, I've just been talking about how busy my schedule is. And and tomorrow I'm headed out to um, my aunt's funeral. And... Um, it's, it's hard, you know, when you're, when you're having, I think that also contributes to burnout is when you have some stressful personal life stuff going on as well. All right. So, um, I want to end on a positive note with a fun movie review. It's a review for the movie called what men want. And, um, Taraji Henson is the, um, star of the movie and she is a star. I love her. She made the movie. Um, she looks great. Every outfit they had her in was beautiful. The outfit, the shoes, the hair, like she looked beautiful and she was 
hilarious. Like I loved everything about it. So it's very similar to, and I think it was actually not it, not even a secret that it was um, taken from the What Women Want movie where Mel Gibson was able to read the minds of women. So they flipped it and then Taraji Henson is able to read the minds of men and how that affects her. So lots and lots of funny parts. The rest of the staff was great. She meets this man who was like too good to be true. And he was um, amazing in the movie. Um, I said to my sister-in-law, I said, I wish he was real because it would be great if you could date him. He's like the perfect man. Um, and I don't know the actor's name, but he is um, wonderful. He was wonderful in the movie. And there's a and he has a cute, cute little boy. And uh, Tracy Morgan is in the movie. And he was hilarious as always. I always love Tracy Morgan. And just a really good cast. I highly recommend it. I laughed a lot. I have one criticism. Criticism criticism of it and it's the same criticism I have of many movies too long 30 minutes too long it was a two-hour movie and at the beginning of the movie it moved at a fast clip and then all of a sudden the last 45 minutes it got a little sappy and I'm okay with sappy I like a happy ending but it slowed it down it slowed down the pace of the movie to a glacial pace from a movie that was um, snappy and fun. And it wasn't terrible. It's not like, oh, don't go see it. The ending was terrible. No, the ending was good. It just needed to be shorter. And all these movies need to be shorter. I keep telling, um, my sister-in-law keeps saying, her and I need to start a consulting company where we go into uh, movie companies and say, your movie needs to be shorter. Let's figure out what we can cut. Um and I think everyone feels that way. I, I love the experience of, of getting away from it all and going into the movies. And there are some movies that I have seen that are long, and I don't feel like that's a problem. The Avengers movies are two and a half hours long. Fine. There's lots of characters, lots of stuff going on in them. Martin Scorsese movies are generally three hours long. I have no problem with that. They're telling their epic stories like Goodfellas or Casino or The Departed. That's fine. But when you take something like a comedy, a really, really fun comedy, keep it in an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. There was tons of stuff that could have been cut that was just unnecessary. And um, and I don't know why. You know, I don't know why these movies are, are, are longer. So anyways, <laughs> despite my complaining go see this movie um it was a lot of fun I, I Taraji Henson like I said just beautiful and um very talented I enjoyed her so much in this movie so that was part of my helping me deal with my burnout today was going and seeing a movie today all right everyone take care for the week I'll be back next week um, with a new episode. I'm hoping that my episodes I've because I talk about what's going on in my firm, a lot of times it's based on what my schedule is. I do want to start talking about some things that I hope will um, help people a little bit more with things like organization or dealing with dis difficult people. I have some um, 
podcast that I've been kind of putting to the side as I've been dealing with the things that have really been on my mind. You can find me on Facebook under my name. You can find me on my website at brummerlaw.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find me on Instagram at Florence Legally Brunette. And same with Tumblr. And then on Twitter at Florence Law. Talk soon and thank you and have a great week.